We need to let them make choices, like okay. let them fail with small things when they're little so that, the, you know, when they're younger so that they, you know, um, and then obviously there's going to be things that we just say, no, you're absolutely not going to make this decision right. because of safety. Right. But other things you want to let them just kind of, you know, make decisions when they're younger so that hopefully by the time they are teenagers and they want to assert that independence, they'll come to you for advice and we'll ask for help. And, and we go from being a parent you know, parenting a kid, which is do it because your parents told you to, to, you know, a coach. Right. Right. And then eventually you become an advisor, hopefully, that they'll seek your advice when they go to college or go become an adult, right? Welcome to the Stress Less Podcast with Jim West and Dana West by Total Life Counseling Center. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking about oppositional defiant disorder. And that is one of your other area of expertise, correct, Jim? It is. You know, I specialize in ADHD, and with that, oftentimes comes um, oppositional defiance if it's not successfully treated. Right. So, yeah. So we're going to go through the history. Well, first, what is oppositional defiance? The history of adolescence and how that correlates with oppositional defiance today. Um, how right. parenting or teaching styles um, come into play, general symptoms of oppositional defiance disorder, and what to look for to diagnose oppositional defiance disorder, as well as the four avoidable T's. Yes, we're going to talk about... Yeah. So let's start with, what is oppositional defiance disorder, Jim? You know, it's often diagnosed you know, in teenage years, but sometimes it's diagnosed in, in childhood. Uh, and so it's really defiant with the teacher, if the, the parent or the parent, like usually starts with the parents and then it ends up with the teacher and then it's the school resource officer, principal, the dean that gets involved and, uh, you know, and it oftentimes leads to legal problems if it's not successfully treated. Mm. So it's very, very, it can be, a, yeah, it's a very challenging disorder, yes. but it is usually treatable. And that's great news. It is great news. You get intervention, right? Right. So they're basically, if the parent says the sky is blue, it's black. If, <laughs> you know, the, the, if the, you know, the teacher says, you know, it's time to go, you know, it's time to take out your books, you know, they'll defy it them somehow and they'll do something else. Or if they don't want to do their homework, they're like, they'll F you. I'm not, I'm not doing my homework. And it's just constant fighting you know like cleaning their room no i'm not going to clean my room you know it's just it, it's only obviously if they're going to ask them to do something that they want to do but they just completely defy no matter what any you know? rules or structure yeah any yeah anything and there's a lot of like sometimes bitterness and resentment oftentimes it feeds that but uh, right. yeah okay so tell us a little bit of the history of adolescence and oppositional defiance you know before the industrial revolution when did people get married 14, 15, 16, before 18. Yes, exactly. So they got married right after their sex drive kicked in. (laughs) And that's actually biological adulthood today. But back then you were an adult biologically, socially, economically. You were ready. You lived on a farm your whole life. 98.5% of Americans lived on a farm. And so you could, you know, you could basically take care of yourself by the time you were 14 or 15. So... You didn't have a lot of teen pregnancy back then because you got married right after 
you, you, you know, got, you know, your sex drive or a girl got their period that, you know, they would up, oh, she's a woman. Now it's time to marry her off. And, and so back then the kids left the home before they started to assert their independence. You know, now you have to, when they pass the law, can you imagine the, the farming community whenever they pass the law saying, oh, by the way, your kids, your whole law, your, 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 all of your employees basically of your farm have to go to school. And, you know, so they're going to have to do their chores in the morning, earlier in the morning, and take care of the farm. In fact, we have spring break, fall break, and summer break, all because of farming. But only 1.1% of Americans live on a farm today. So it's like these, you know, the, the back then, you know, they were adults. And, and, they, and then when they made them stay at home longer and say, you have to go to school and you can't, you know, and they changed marriage laws in a lot of states to 16 and then 18, uh, you know, and, and pretty much almost all the states now, except for a few, uh, you have to be 18 years old to get married. And so... Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because honestly, if you think about a teenager in general, you think they think they're adults. They exactly. think that they know the right thing. They think the parents are idiots. You said idiots yeah. in the past. Right. And we know nothing. I remember thinking I knew everything yeah. as a teen. And then when I turned twenty twenty one I realized I don't know anything. Right. But that kind of makes sense. Right. How that would happen. But so then it's why... also scary to think yeah. about kids being on their own making decisions yeah it's 15 16 That's exactly scary and this but in this time but back then they were so mature because every day they worked from the time they got up to the time they went to bed to create their meals to make three meals a day they had their own butcher shop their own bakery their own uh i mean they just they had to do everything uh you know every day and then they had to do their own the, maintain the facility maintain the farm and you know so and they had to make their own clothes oftentimes so it was you know yeah and then they would go to bed right after the sun went down they went to bed because they were everybody was worn out everybody was tired so now we've got these kids that you know that want to do their own thing when they hit puberty but yet they're not as mature they haven't had to to do much to contribute to the family right. at all. In fact, they passed laws saying that we have to provide food, clothing, and shelter for our kids. Uh, when, when back then, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. That's right. So, you know, and so and if you were sick back then, you didn't play being sick because if you did, they're like, well, I guess we shouldn't feed you because we have to work way too hard to give you food if you're just going to puke it up. You know, so... Yeah, so, okay. so right. So now we have all these kids that want to be independent. They want to do their own thing. And their way of being independent is just to say, hey, you're an idiot. You're dumb. You're not cool. You wear really old people's clothes. And right. And so, and then you have a strong personality and you add that into them having to be at home and not being able to assert their independence in a way that they would like. That's where a lot of the friction comes in. Interesting. Okay. So how does parenting and teaching styles come into play with oppositional defiance? Right. So teachers that are going to just try to control everything and to and parents the same thing and and try to just corner them as much as they possibly can and make the, give them no room to have a voice or make decisions. Make a decision and right. And so these kids they need to we need to let them make choices like okay. Let them fail with small things when they're little so that, the, you know, when they're younger so that they, you know, um, and there obviously there's going to be things that we just say, no, you're absolutely not going to make this decision right. because of safety. Right. But other things you want to let them just kind of 
you know, make decisions when they're younger so that hopefully by the time they are teenagers and they want to assert that independence, they'll come to you for advice and will ask for help. And, and we go from being a parent, you know, parenting a kid, which is do it because your parents told you to, to, you know, a coach. Right. Right. And then eventually you become an advisor, hopefully, that they'll seek your advice when they go to college or go become an adult, right? A child, we're trying to figure out, is this ADHD, autism, or or anxiety that's not been diagnosed or treated. So I'm looking for that for one thing, because about 66% of kids with untreated ADHD, that that is 66% of ODD cases, which is significant, right? Yes, that is. And then there's the other uh, third of those cases where it's parents on different pages. Mm. So you have a uh, maybe over-the-top controlling parent versus, and then a... And then you have a permissive parent right. who will try to make up for it yeah. by, for whatever, like if they were over the top and they took took away a consequence, they're like, okay, you've lost your iPad for a whole month. Then the permissive parent might say, oh, well, you're going to lose it. You know, I'll give it back to you in a day or two. Mm. Right. And then that makes, the, what does that make the other parent look like? The the better parent, the best parent, or the which parent? So the asking? so the nice parent is the one that gives is permissive, right? Right, the Disney parent, and then the other one is the you know the the mean parent or the the controlling parent or you know so the parent the kids look you know they they see this dichotomy and then what happens is usually with in a in a home you've got a triangle that's upside down you have the mom and the and the dad if they're in the same home or if they're co-parenting amicably. You know, but what happens in a kid in a home with ADHD, you flip the they're flipping the triangle where the parents are now fighting because, wait, I gave them a month. Mm-hmm. Well, that was too much. That wasn't fair. And they're doing it in front of the kid, which makes them have even more power. Right. So meanwhile, the kids, the parents are fighting and the kids controlling everything is at the top of the pyramid of the of the triangle. And so we want to flip that back around and get the parents, you know, back in control. But first getting them on the same page, you right. know, where. They may discuss a consequence or maybe wait till they cool down before they give a consequence. Because oftentimes parents will give a really long consequence and go, oh, that was a little too much or that was over the top. And they need to be able to go back to their kid and go, you know what, mom was mom overdid it. I went way over. I'm really sorry. But some parents will just say, you know, I said 30 days. That's what it's going to be. They, they think I've got to be consistent with that rather than say that was like really over the top. That was too much. So now again, if they're sending inappropriate pictures, like naked pictures, okay, I can see them taking it for 30 days right. or longer, possibly, or, you know, uh, taking away social media for a, a long a period of time. Or, you know, if they're speeding in their car, or they're drinking and driving, I could see them taking away the car for 30 days. So that's when there's, you know, some appropriate ones. But if it's just something small and over the top, we got to be careful. Yeah, you want to make sure the punishment it's the offense. Exactly. And that's essential. Just like how ADD kids, isn't it true, you can't give them long consequences right. because then it takes away the power. They kind of forget why yeah. they're in trouble in mm-hmm. the first place and they yeah. end up building resentment more right. towards the parents that took away the consequence. Yes, and that can lead to defiance too. Right. So let's say they, they did something. They didn't do their homework on Monday and you take away their football game on Friday. That's too far away. Right. They need a consequence that's that hit that's on that same day they might lose a privilege that day or maybe if they you know do the homework tomorrow along with their current homework they can you know earn that privilege to go back to the game okay right, right. so 
So yeah, that's very important. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are some oppositional no-nos or triggers the four avoidable T's? Yes, the four avoidable T's, right. So we want to watch our tone. Like if you, if you know, if you basically say, you know, are too loud, when you are yelling and screaming, they just get, if they're, if they're, they get angry very fast, just like the ADHD kids do. They get passionately excited, passionately pissed, like we talked about in the previous podcast. And so <clears throat> what we, we want to watch our tone. We want to talk with a calm voice. And if they're raising their voice and we talk with a calm voice, oftentimes it can help them you know, to, to calm down. Right, neutralize it. Exactly. And then we want to watch threats. You know, if you say that one more time, or if you do this one more time, we are never going to the beach again. Right. You don't know how many times I've heard parents say, or oh, we're never going to this park again. And then, you know, then what, what happens? So there's a permissive parent that's, or maybe an, or it's a permissive parent, or maybe it's just a parent that has got some good balance might say after the parent calms down, hey, we gotta, we gotta walk this back a little bit. Let's, you know, like um, we're never going to avoid the beach again. Right. Park. Is this actually something we can follow through? With? Right. Let's come up with something else and just say, hey, we, that, I was upset and mommy was upset. Daddy was upset. We need to, you know, um, walk this back. We're not going to take away the park, but we are going to take the, you know, we're going to have you do some chores to to make it up to us. We, we have the AMC plants. Apologize. Make it up. And uh, C is an extra chore consequence if it happens again. So just apologize and like do a chore for whoever you hurt or whoever you broke trust with. Another thing about threats, I've heard parents say, if you say that one more time, you know, then, you know, I'm going to slap you. Mm-hmm. And I had a parent say that to her kid. If you say the F word one more time, and it was in a restaurant that I'm going to slap you. And sure enough, he said, F you to her in the in the um, restaurant and then she slapped him and you know and it you know if the Department of Children and Families was there yeah. it was it really would have been messy right. right and so I think that was pre-social media so thank God yes. you know that wasn't on on video but um, so we have to watch those threats in our tone and then um, and then some things well and then triggers you know it's triggers can be different for a lot of yeah. kids but you know, a lot of times we'll ask them, what is it that gets you upset? Well, anytime my mom tells me to turn off the games or, you know, and how you say that, if, you, if I have to tell you to turn off those games one more time, I'm going to throw those games out the window. I'm going to throw your Xbox out the window, you know. And so, you know, there's all, and, and it does happen. People do it. And then, you know, that's, you know, $500 for an Xbox. And, and then, you know, it's it's over the top, right? So so watch, you know, those triggers. And, and of course, tone Threats, triggers can also lead to the fourth T, which is temporary insanity. And that's when we say or do things that we wish we wouldn't have said. And, and, then, I, and then, of course, and what, you know, when emotions are high, the ability to reason drops. It's like a scale, you know. So, and, and so, it, so we, whenever those emotions get high like that, we need to walk away, count to 10, go shoot some hoops, go kick a ball, go ride your bike, go, go for a walk, clear your head. You know, and then as you do that, it gives you some time to get out of that temporary insanity. And you know when it's temporary insanity, because whenever a mom says, I'm going to throw your Xbox out the window, guess what the kid says? I don't know. They'll say, go ahead. You oh, know? Lord, they and you, do. That's insanity. When you hear a kid say, throw my Xbox yeah, out the I'm window, like, that's temporarily insanity, right? And so, you know, I'll never let you have ice cream again. I don't care. Take away my ice cream. I mean, when they're saying crazy stuff like that, when you know they love it, that's craziness, right? That's insanity. Yeah. Give them some time, 
you know, to calm down, to say, you know what, let's have a little time out. Let's just let's just walk away from this. Let's calm down, and uh, it allow things, you know, allow them to calm down, and then we can have a chance to talk about some things, and then maybe we can maybe even talk about like, what did I say that bothered you? You know, or you know, I, or, or, well, you, you threatened me, you know, and that really made me mad. And okay, well, let's talk about that. And then, and of course, again, with counseling and people that specialize in, in ADHD and oppositional defiance, it's very important to find a counselor that really does specialize in this because right. a lot, therapists in general, we are trained to be generalists. In other words, we can treat just about any mental health issue, but, uh, but if we're not trained in ADHD or oppositional defiance specifically, then we're doing a disservice to someone because traditional talk therapy works for a lot of mental health problems. But when it comes to ADHD it, it, and the oppositional defiance, you need a different approach. And so you need to know what you're doing um, because, again, this leads to them being criminals one day. Mm. If we don't treat this properly, it leads to depression, leads to uh, um, substance abuse, right. domestic violence. I mean, it really can lead to some bad things if we don't uh, you know, treat this. So make sure you talk to somebody you know, who, who can really help. And so... One of the things I like to say is that when you get a defiant kid, a stubborn kid, going in the right direction, then they'll be on a path where they will just be on that path, and they will stubbornly be on the right path. You know, so if we can get that, get that, it's like a sail. You know, like how can somebody sail a boat into a headwind, right? That's kind of what it feels like to parent an oppositional defiant kid. Is you feel like you're just kind of like going up against the wind and and you know being pushed back constantly right yeah so you know my biggest takeaways Jim from you sharing all this is that ODD is not where it starts so it doesn't start with oppositional defiance disorder that there's usually another mental health condition that's untreated which is ADD or ADHD Mm -hmm. what else anxiety autism autism, and um, you also mentioned the strong will child right which part of that because a lot of people have a strong world child. I mm-hmm. was one of them. No way. So yeah, no surprise. really get out so of town. So as a teen, <laughs> I had challenges, but I also wasn't diagnosed with ADD. Right. And then also I had trauma history. Sure. That was untreated. So honestly, this is actually extremely hopeful that if you see any of these types of symptoms, to get seek help for your child. Right. Because I honestly wish I got it when I was younger. It would have solved. It would have not solved. It's not the word I want to say. It would have helped so many issues I didn't yeah. have to go through. Absolutely. And so instead of thinking they'll outgrow this or therapy doesn't help right. or I don't know, I don't want to invest the money or the time. Mm-hmm. No, that, those are myths and lies. It's like, let's try to you know treat the problem as soon as we see it right. because you'll get better results. Oh, man. End. Yeah, you preserve self-esteem and... You can prevent them from going to the office a lot, you know, or, or getting detentions and, you know, dealing with the resource officer. All or those things can be prevented. Oh, my gosh. Or criminal problems. Yes. I mean, there's no guarantees of that, but no. you're, boy, you really increase the odds of having a, you know, a well-balanced, you know, um, teenager. You know, right. if you can get those, work out some of these um, issues and, you know, find the right parenting approach that works for your kids and your teens and and so, um, yeah, so, you know, reach out, guys. We do parent coaching to people all over the world for ADHD and defiance. 
and autism. So just reach out, you know, and uh, if you need some help or you know somebody else locally, you know, just reach out, find somebody that really specializes it. Ask the good questions. Ask them if they, like, what do they know about it? And what, you know, um, you can research yourself about ADHD. We also have the Stress Less series on oppositional defiance as well. Right. And so, you know, go check that out. That's stresslessseries.com. It's, uh, or totallifecounseling.com, our shopping cart. You can see those, and they're very affordable, high definition, really good quality. They come with workbooks, and, you know, and so we make it really affordable because we want to help as many people as possible. So, yes. So check it out and thank you for for joining us on the Stressless Podcast. Follow us, like us please, share, subscribe so we can help more and more people.